Good morning, everybody. This is Michelle here. It is eight o'clock right on the dot. We are going to go ahead and get started. Uh, thank you so much for, I see on the dashboard, we have so many new people joining us this morning. So welcome. Um, and for those of you who don't know, I live in the middle of Michigan in the United States. And so, um, you know, winter seems to last a little bit longer here in our neck of the woods. Um, and this morning while I was putting my youngest on the bus, it was just glorious. We just had a little jacket on and, um, of course, we had to go and rescue about a dozen worms uh, from the sidewalk and put them back in the dirt. So um, spring is in the air here and I'm, I'm just so excited about that. So, um, well, welcome. So today on our Confident Coaches call, we are going to be talking about the difference between coaching and mentoring. Okay, so whether you are in a coaching position or perhaps you are a leader who's trying to use coaching in your leadership, uh, this all applies. So um, let me just give you some background first before we jump right into it. So uh, this past weekend, I had the pleasure of being at a conference up in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Uh, I really enjoyed myself. Such great people up there. Um, and then this week, at the end of this week, I will head to the west side of our state and I will be speaking for several days in a row um, all on coaching. So um, coaching practices, things like the difference between coaching and mentoring and how to be a coach, um, really looking at the mindset of a coach, things like that. Um, I also have clients in seven different time zones now, coaching clients. Uh, I have about three dozen clients. They're all working on different things. Many of them are in some sort of transition. Uh, maybe they are getting ready to retire and they're thinking about their next thing. Or maybe they uh, have just jumped out and started a business and they're not quite sure what to do. Some of them actually have one or more businesses and they are building more, okay? So uh, I have several of them that are actually working on sales, increasing their sales, right? Um, I have some that are working on speaking. So right now I have three authors that are excellent writers and they really have a lot to share, but they've never entered into the speaking world before. And so we're working on things like that. I also have quite a few clients who are coming to me of late that are working on designing experiences. So for example, it could be a CEO who is wanting to kind of up-level his staff meetings, or it could be a uh, a teacher who was just asked to present at a conference, or it could be somebody who's been doing a lot of trainings before, but they find that they've gotten a little stuck, a little stagnant in what they're doing. So first of all, how can I do all of this, right? How in the world can I coach all of these people, right? Well, because the process of coaching, really, you can coach anybody on anything, okay? I'm going to explain that in a little bit. And there's a reason why I'm going through all of this. I don't typically go through what I call my resume and tell people all of the things that I do. But I do want to give you a little bit of backstory before we kind of jump into what we're going to talk about today. 
So another thing that I typically do is uh, I do a lot of teaching and training. So for example, today you're on this call, you're listening maybe to the, to the um, recording. So this is a purely teaching moment, right? I'm going to share information with you. Or if we're in person, if I'm doing a speaking event or I'm, I'm conducting a training, I am sharing information with you. Most of the time, I have three areas that I really like to talk about. So one is leadership. And I, I can do this in education and also within businesses. Um, but the majority of the time is in education because that's where my background is. The second thing I like to talk about is really coaching, this, this process of coaching, because it's a, in my opinion, it's a higher form of leadership. And then the third, I've just become a student of anything about mindset. So how we think, what we think about, um, the, the habits, the conditions, the things that we think about and when it shows up. Okay. So when I'm teaching and training, I'm typically focusing on those three things. Now that's still a lot, right? So how in the world can I do this whole coaching and, and teaching and training thing? Well, it is a lot, but did you notice it's just a few things, right? And I'm learning more and more and more about these topics and I'm really focusing my learning to become an expert. Okay, so why am I telling you this? Because we are talking about the difference between coaching and mentoring and how you use them. So one thing that I know, um, many of you who are on the line, you, you've heard me say this before, but I'm, I'm nearing the end of having my PhD research done. <laughs> yes, so please send any good thoughts or vibes my way. I appreciate that. And as I've spent years, literally years, looking at research and focusing on different coaching programs and different frameworks and um, identifying the, the major frameworks that most people use, especially within education, I found out quite a bit about coaching and mentoring. And one thing that I found out is that there, it, it's almost... Like there's a separation between those two, but everybody calls it coaching. So there are many frameworks who say they're coaching, but they're really heavy on mentoring. And I just, I want to clarify for folks what coaching and mentoring are. So I'm going to go through the definitions. Um, Please know these are not any institution or research-based definitions. These are purely definitions I've come up with over time that make it easier to understand the differences, okay? So if you want, you can just say Michelle's definitions, okay? Uh, I want to go over these. I will spend a little time so you can actually write them down. Some of you will want to get that. Um, I'll also post a video uh, in, our, in YouTube, Facebook, all of the social media sites after this call is done, so if you if you miss it here, it's okay. You can you can get it there, okay. All right. So definitions. We'll start with coaching. Coaching is the process of asking questions 
the process of asking questions in order to understand and help someone reach their goals. Coaching is the process of asking questions in order to understand and help someone reach their goals. Okay, so it's a process, meaning that there are um, specific things that we do. Um, and if you stay plugged into this call, you're going to find out over time what that process is. Okay, um, we really want to trust the process, not the coach. We want to teach our participants the process so that eventually they catch that for themselves and they can begin doing self-coaching. Okay, but it's in essence asking questions. And the reason why you're asking questions is to understand something for you to understand and for your participant to understand. Okay, so you're not doing it to clarify their thinking, to catch them. You know, maybe they're not doing something and you come in and you're like, hey, tell me why you're not doing this, right? Uh, you're not doing it to accuse somebody. It's purely for understanding. And you're doing it to help someone reach their goals. Not your goals, not the goals of, let's say, your, your curriculum if you're in education or um, not what your boss says needs to happen, but really looking at how can I help that person reach their goals. Okay? So coaching is the process of asking questions in order to understand and help someone reach their goals. All right, so mentoring. Mentoring is when an expert shares information on how to do something. So a mentor is an, an expert shares information on how to do something with a willing participant, a willing participant who agrees to listen and possibly follow that advice. Okay. Mentoring is when an expert shares information on how to do something with a willing participant who agrees to listen and possibly follow that advice. So let's clarify a couple terms here. So expert, what does an expert mean? An expert does not mean somebody that has several degrees. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm, an expert merely means this person has some understanding, some experience, some observation. Um, they have walked a path that they know something. Okay. Um, so for example, uh, you know, if, if you've never, um, swam the English channel, let's say, and somebody comes up to you and says, Hey, can you help me understand how to do this? Um, your answer should be what? 
No. <laughs> right. However, if somebody comes and says, Hey man, have you done this before? And you're like, yeah, I've done that several times. And you can give them advice. Okay. Have you ever met a person who was very free with their advice and they'll, they'll just share with you all kinds of things that you should do. And then later on you find out that person has no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> Don't be that person. Okay. Um, typically in, in mentoring, you're sharing the how, right. Or, or possibly the why, um, sometimes it can be the what, um, however, usually when you're, you're having that mentoring relationship, the other person understands what we're working on, right? Whatever the focus is, but you are working with a willing participant. This is really key. Mentoring does not work unless the person and the mentor have an agreement. So I'm not talking about that they have some contract, right? Although that might happen, but there is an agreement between the two people because here's what happens in the brain. If you do not have an agreement, it's considered free advice. And let's be honest, when was the last time that you accepted free advice? And I mean, unsolicited free advice. You're just going about your life and then all of a sudden somebody decides to share this piece of advice with you, right? However, if the participant knows this person is an expert and I want their opinion on this and you have that, that silent agreement or verbal agreement, then the other person is 90% likely to follow your advice. Okay. Now it does not guarantee that they will. So if somebody comes to you and says, Hey, help me understand this. Um, you know, give me some advice. You can't hang your hat on the fact that they will do that. Okay. I meet a lot of people that they're like, man, I just told this person what to do. And they went and did the opposite thing. Yes. Because they still have choice. Okay. Does that make sense? Okay. Let me give you a couple examples. This might drive this idea into your brain. All right. So coaching, um, coaching. Uh, so for example, I had a staff member a long time ago and when we started having this conversation about, um, I, to be quite honest, she, she knew, um, this was not her place. <laughs> she didn't really like children. Uh, and when I asked her about it, she said, well, I'm just really fond of eating and I, I like that, uh, you pay me so I can pay for food. And I said, well, that's not a good enough reason for you to stay here. So, uh, what do you really want to do in life? And she said, well, I really want to be a voiceover actor in Disney films. <laughs> I was like, I got nothing for you, right? I can't mentor you on that. I don't know. And so I just began asking a lot of questions and helping her to think through that. And eventually, um, long, long, long story short, um, she actually has achieved her dream. Now, I'm not saying I, as her coach, you know, rah, rah, you did it, Michelle. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that I had no idea anything about that process, but I could ask her questions. And she could figure it out. 
uh, several years ago, I was working with a, a larger technology company and they needed um, to help they need me to help them think through the new equipment that they were going to need to purchase to create this whole new product line. Now, I know nothing about any of this, but I was able to ask them questions using my coaching process and help them come to the place where they could uh, make their decisions. Okay. So those are two examples where you, I didn't know anything about it. So it's not my job to know anything about it. Thank God. Um, I just need to be present and ask questions in order to understand the person and help them think. Now, here's another example of coaching where I did know what to do. Um, my youngest uh, daughter, she's nine, Ellie, uh, she had some missing work a couple weeks ago, some missing homework. And there were a lot of factors that, that stemmed around it, but she was really in a place of anxiety. And in my mind, I knew this wasn't a big deal. As her mom looking at it, I'm like, okay, it's not a big deal. You've never missed homework before. This is your first one. It's fourth grade. You know, you're not going to have a, a real adverse effect here, right? However, for her, it was a big deal. And so in the moment I said, you know, how can I help her? How can I serve her in this moment? So I stopped everything I was doing and I just kind of helped her, her look for her homework. And then we realized she didn't have it. And so I was asking her a bunch of questions about what, what do you want to do? Like, what's your plan? What, what do you want your plan to be? And she said, well, I want to talk to my teacher, but how do I talk to her? I said, okay. Um, and so instead of swooping right in and giving her the answer, I asked her a ton of questions. She got to the end. She had a good solid plan for talking to her teacher about it. She ended up going and talking to her teacher. And of course, everything was just fine. She got an extra copy. She did it. She, she had no adverse outcome. Um, but at the end of it, when we were standing and waiting for the bus, she gave me a hug and she says, mommy, thank you. You always listen to me. And I thought, that's it. As her mom, I could have swooped right in and told her exactly how to take care of the situation. I could have come up with that plan in two seconds. It took us 20 minutes. But what was the result? The result was a more resourced nine-year-old who has confidence, who has had a connection with mom, has a plan, and made a connection with her teacher. Her teacher now sees her as more of a responsible student, and she gets the result that she wants. Is that worth 20 minutes? Is that worth the, the time for me to step back and, and not mentor and tell her what to do in that moment? Absolutely. Okay. Now let's contrast that with some examples of mentoring. So I. I've had three children. They're all, their ages are 9, 12, and 14, so they're older. I also spent several years teaching three-year-old preschool. So when I have somebody that comes up to me and is asking me about three-year-olds and their, maybe their development and how they act, and um, I know three-year-olds. 
Okay, that's kind of in my wheelhouse. By the way, I absolutely love three-year-olds too. They're just so much fun. Um, but I say that because if somebody comes up and asks me for advice on a three-year-old, no problem, I can help you. However, if somebody comes up and asks me for advice on a 15-year-old, I have nothing for you. <laughs> I have not experienced that for myself. I don't have any training in that. My children are not 15. So I'm actually on the lookout for a mentor for myself in this area. Does that make sense? So I'm not trying to mentor somebody in something that I don't know anything about. Now, if, if somebody came and they said, hey, can you give me some advice on this? I'd probably just start going into the coaching mode and asking questions and trying to pull the answers out of that person because I got nothing for you. Okay. Um, I have experienced in the last six months, I would say probably a dozen different people have come to me in one way or another and asked for advice on how to transition from a role as a classroom teacher to a leadership role. Or perhaps they were in a leadership role, but now they are being promoted to a higher role. Okay. And so I know a lot about this sort of transition. I know a lot of the um, kind of nuances of not just your thinking, but what you're going to have to do in the processes to make certain things happen. Okay. And so when they come to me for that advice and mentoring, I can help with that. Um, also, I, I mentioned earlier, I've got several clients who are coming to me for help with designing growth experiences. So whether that be a staff meeting or a presentation at a conference or a training. Now, the reason why I can help with that is that for the last 10 years, I have been designing experiences at least 200 to 300 times a year. That's a lot of experiences, right? <laughs> yeah. I can come up with an hour keynote in about five minutes on the back of a napkin because I've done it so much. So when I'm talking to them, and I'll be honest, it's it's not 100% mentoring. It's probably 20% um, coaching in that process and 80% mentoring where I'm telling them this is what you could do, right? Um, and there are some rules that I follow. I say rules lightly. I don't, I don't know that they're necessarily hard and fast rules. Um, but coaching, you know, you're, you're just asking questions. You can do that with anybody. It's always about the other person's goals, right? And it's really, if you put this thought in your mind that when you are coaching somebody, you are never in the equation. Okay. You are never in the equation. When you're coaching, it never has anything to do with you. Okay. When you're mentoring, you must have agreement. Okay. Like we talked about before, if you have an agreement, even something as simple like, uh, when you're having a conversation and you say, hey, could I give you a suggestion? And if they say yes, boom, you're in. That's your invitation. Okay. 
So in general, I apply the 20-80 rule, 20% mentoring, 80% coaching, but it might be a little bit different depending on what the person needs. I tend to clarify with each of the participants um, what they would like. Do you want just coaching where I'm asking you questions? Do you want what I call a thinking partner where we're actually um, going through and thinking about a project together? Or do you want mentoring where I'm coming in and I'm just telling you this is what I've done? I'm fine with any one of those. Okay. But you're always there to serve. So the tool that you choose might change, right? So the coaching and mentoring tools might change. But the motivation for using each of those tools is always to serve somebody else. Okay? So as we're kind of winding down here, there's a few things that I, I thought of, um, some questions that I would ask you. Um, this week, take some time to observe your own actions. And this can be in your personal or professional life. But how much time do you spend coaching versus mentoring? Do you have that agreement with the other person? And if so, how can you tell? Is that other person making moves to change? And are they truly working on their own goals or have they been told what to work on? Also, how do you feel when someone gives you unsolicited advice? How do you feel when someone listens and supports and encourages you? And how could you help the people in your life feel that way? So I would highly encourage you to, to ask yourself those questions, spend some time with those questions because the answers are really important. The answers are actually what's going to be your curriculum for growth. Okay. So this week, really practice asking questions more. Okay. Just practice asking questions. Pretty simple. Um, and you may even want to try this out, especially if you feel like you are uh, very free with your advice. Uh, you may want to try this question. May I give you a suggestion? Most of the time I find that people say yes. Great. Sometimes they might say no. That's fine too. Remember, this isn't about you. Don't get your feelings hurt if they say no. Just move on. All right, I hope this was helpful to you today. Um, next week on our Confident Coaches Call, we are going to talk about mindset, particularly the difference between a growth mindset and a fixed mindset. So when you're working with your coaching client, how can you identify which mindset they're using? Um, and, and we're going to use an illustration I've used before at a conference about bucket fillers and fire starters. Okay, it's going to be a good one. All right, well, I am holding an image of you being intentionally influential, amazingly aware, persistently present, 
and confidently coaching the people in your personal and professional life. So with that, I release you into the wild. Go forth and prosper. Have an amazing week and we'll catch you next time. All right. Bye-bye.